Hi, I'm Nat. And I'm Lizzie. Welcome to The Third Space, a podcast by youth workers for youth workers to talk about the highs and lows of working with young people outside of school and home. And today we're talking about love stories. I love that you put like your Delilah voice on for them. And we're here to talk about love stories. About love. (laughs) Um, So to jump in, um, I figured since I always love a thematic check-in, we could share perhaps like a favorite young love story of our own. (laughs) Whatever that might mean to you. I'm ready. Great. So to model. Uh, You're ready to go? Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. All right. That you are. All right. Go in. Um, my name's Lizzie. My pronouns are she and her. And um, my young love story. It's actually a story of, of heartbreak. Because oh. um, I think that's an important so part. So many are. I think that's an important part of love stories. Um, really, I was just thinking about the time I was a young person in high school and I was dumped and it was really sad. I was very, very sad. Mm. Um, I'm just like really angry Mm. and it was winter. Um, and I grew up Uh in the Chicago area. And so there was a snow on the ground, like lots of snow. And I lived near this person. And Uh so I was walking home from the bus stop, I think, or something. And I um, walked past their yard <laughs> and found a stick and wrote F you in the <laughs> snow <laughs> with my stick. I'm guessing not it was, F no, you. No, no. Um, <laughs> the, the with a stick. And I was like, bleep. Um, yeah. And I just feel like, I mean, nothing ever happened. There was like, there's no end really other than that that's what I did. But I just feel like that really holds the like, that was the energy of just like big, mad, sad, you're terrible and I'm so sad and I want everyone to know energy that I feel like sometimes just like young love heartbreak can really yeah yeah bring out. I know that you shared that this was in high school was it early high school late high school it was in the first half oh okay yeah high school yeah so yeah um well that provides a great bookend because mine happens at the end of my high school career um and mine is around beginnings (laughs) um which is really just my favorite part of any romantic relationship because um, it's just like fun. Um, but it was, I mean, there are extra complicated layers because this was also like my first queer kind of flirtation situation. Um, and we weren't yet dating because I was the one who was like I don't know what's happening I can't do this like I don't know what I don't know what I think about this um but there were like we were we were like friends and there was like a group of friends and one night I don't even know I think it was like even a school night we went like downtown 
and we're chilling on the Chicago River. You know the, um, oh my goodness, the dreaded parking corn cob buildings oh. that everyone hates um, along the Chicago River. We were like right near there. Um, and like, I was like, I don't know. Like, I feel like this person's kind of being flirty with me, but also I'm kind of clue clearly like clueless and just, I don't know, this entire group of friends seems like really cuddly and platonic in platonic ways. So maybe it's not that. Um, and then I just remember on the ride home in the back seat, there was a person sitting in between us. <laughs> but we were like still holding hands and I'm just like just like the energy of that time and evening and just like it just felt really <laughs> like high school <laughs> what? what whoa I just like that poor person in the middle actually no um I really appreciate it I think there was a little bit of um like wingman energy there, um, which I just re which was surprising to me because I did I this was also a person who I the person in the middle was someone I knew for quite some time but wasn't very close with and didn't I think now I might be misremembering who this person That's was, um, but if it is the person that I think it was, it was just really um, it was a surprising. It was a surprising way to like show up mm -hmm. um and i just like hold some tenderness for that person now wow as well as for the whole like chaotic group date sense yeah i mean maybe that could be the other title of this episode the person in the middle <laughs> um <laughs> that feels very on brand yeah. um wow thanks for sharing that yeah um so it's my turn to tell a story it, it is about young people not about us we just shared stories about us um to bring to bring some energy to the um the topic of talking about young love and what that looks like in youth programming which i feel excited about there are so many different stories i could tell about young love mm -hmm. and its impact um on youth programs i think it's actually one of my favorite parts of youth programs is like getting to be a witness to like um, having a front row seat yeah, to well, the drama not that's like i mean yes but like also to like i mean teaser trailer for the discussion but i just think like it's really important that we take young people's relationships seriously and that includes their yeah. romantic relationships yeah so um one of the things that I am thinking about, um, or one one story that comes to mind, um, is I had, so in a, I run a middle school program for 7th and 8th graders, and um, we had a variety of one-on-one -on -one conversations with young people following, like, a big behavioral fight like a big fight that happened at program and we had a variety of one-on-one -on -one conversations with people who had been involved in the fight in some way um including a one-on-one -on -one, follow-up one-on-one conversation with a young person who wasn't like super involved in any of the like physical fighting but was like very connected 
to um, kind of like the aftermath was like really enga- mm. like really connecting mm-hmm. to one of the sort of like inst- the instigator of the fight. Mm. And um, and so I had so we had a follow up meeting with him mostly because I just like wanted to understand like what was his connection like I just didn't understand like what his connection was and why it felt so important to him to be involved and. I just wanted, and he was new to program, so I like was also like, great, this is like a good opportunity where I'm gonna get to know you better. And so I, he came in for this one-on-one meeting. He definitely has some challenges with like staying in one place mm. um, and having conversations. So we decided to have, so I had my conversation with him while we were in the gym. So he was like shooting hoops and we were talking. And um, like, so he's shooting the basketball. We're talking about this fight. And then he starts telling me about how it's like, it was almost Valentine's Day. It was like February. And so he starts, he's like, yeah, you know, it's like Valentine's Day this week. And, and I was like, yeah. And <laughs> he was like. unrelated to and he was like, we're talking about. He was like, do you have any plans for Valentine's Day? Oh my goodness. And I was like, you know, I don't know do you have any plans for Valentine's Day? And he was like, yeah. And he was like, you know, I got, or maybe it was like right after and he'd asked me like what I did maybe. Mm. Um, And he was like, yeah, yeah. Like I got, you know, like I got this thing for my girlfriend or whatever. And I was like, oh, like what did you get for her? And he starts like telling me about this present that he got her. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. He was like, yeah, I love her. Like, Basically, he was like, she's everything to me. Like, it was this, like, he went on this whole thing about how meaningful his girlfriend was. And I was like, oh. And he was like, yeah, I got her this big thing. And, like, we had balloons. And I was like, oh, do you have a picture? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, could not wait to show me this picture of, like, this, like, gift that he had put together for his girlfriend for Valentine's Day. And I thought it was so – and the reason why I picked that one to share, because I thought it was so cute, is because, like, this – young person was like super super like tough guy mm-hmm. energy mm-hmm. um and again like super like hyping up the guy who was fighting like has this very like tough guy exterior but then is telling me about how much he loves this his girlfriend and like is so into her and like felt so small when he was mm. telling me about that in a way that was concerning like clinically in a different way mm. um Because I think I was just like, oh, gosh, like, your boundaries are just, like, all over the place. Mm. Um, So there were parts of it that were concerning, but there were also parts of it that were just very tender and very sweet. And I think it was, like, a good, which I think is, like, sometimes helpful when we, like, have conversations about young people's romantic relationships that I think sometimes they can be a little bit of like a window into some of those parts of young people that like especially when we have young people who are fronting or like putting out a lot or like we're engaging with behaviorally and are struggling like and mm-hmm. we're really focused on these like other kinds of energy that they're putting out I think sometimes it can be a reminder that like there's also a lot of sweetness there and mm-hmm. a lot of like care and even if it's showing up in ways that maybe aren't super healthy or like like, this relationship, like, I also witnessed this relationship. It was not a good relationship. It was very unhealthy. It was bad. However, the sweetness, the sweetness that was there, though, I think was very genuine. And yeah. so I think, 
I think also we're used to talking about young people's romantic relationships as in they're like all about sex. And so mm. I also think like holding that there's something else there that like mm-hmm. there is that like or can be that like very authentic care and concern for another human and like this desire to like make someone else happy or like those are just like mm-hmm. wonderful positive qualities that yeah. I think can be very like tender to like get to be a part of. So that's my story. Yeah. Um is he in eighth grade? Is he an seventh. older? Now he's a, he was in seventh grade. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's just, I mean, the way that you were telling the story, I just assumed he was in an eighth grade, like older. Well, um, yes, I see. Because behaviorally, he was often engaging with the eighth graders. Like, and a lot of, like, that's who he was connected to. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, um, I also noticed that you used the past tense is that to say that this relationship is no more it, yes okay thank, thank all the gods <laughs> um we were also there for its ending which oh. was not great like live and in real no, time. no oh, okay no, okay no, God, no do both of these young people participate in the program they did over the summer when they broke up oh right Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm. I, I think. Sorry, I don't mean to be giving, and I'm. I'm trying not to ask questions that might also lead to like uh, identifying information being offered. But one thing in preparation for this episode that I was thinking about was like when small communities date within each other. Right, like which makes sense because I did so much LGBTQ. Well, I was going to say all the time. Right, right. Like, and I mean, the same can be said of like the professional queer and trans community. Like, we're a very small group. Like, it doesn't take long before you kind Mm -hmm. of like know all the players and who's dating who or who has dated whom and um, et cetera. And you know, I just know that in like workshops that I've done with with young folks, I would often get like a, a you know, a GSA development or sustaining or retention. Like, you know, what happens when the pre- president and vice president of the GSA break up? Because eventually, right? Like, well, we talk about. I mean, uh, in the LGBTQ youth program that I run, we talk about that when people join program, like pretty explicitly. And say, like, okay. like it is a part of the group agreements of our space, which is conflict happens, supports are available. That's mm. the way it's framed. Mm-hmm. But the, often the example that we give is that, like, people come here to make friends. We make friends. Sometimes people find people that they want to be in romantic relationships with. So people date. Sometimes we get in fights with our friends. Sometimes people break up. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's just part of life. And it happens. Mm-hmm. And, like, that doesn't mean that, like, you can't both still be a part of the community. And sometimes it's hard to figure out how to do that. And so we encourage people to reach out to us Mm. if they're having trouble figuring out how to navigate it. And I was like, helping us helping you navigate that doesn't necessarily mean like we're going to have to have a mediated conversation because that's what young people think it Mm. means. Um, Doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to sit down and have a mediated conversation. Like sometimes it can just mean that like if we break people up into small groups that we're just like mindful that you're not in the same small group. Right. Um, Right. And it doesn't have to be weird. It can just be like 
but having the information makes it much easier for me to just like navigate the right. dynamics of the space, which I think most people are pretty like. Well, it encourages young folks to advocate for themselves, right? Um, I'm curious, how does that conversation usually go when it's so like explicit and upfront? I mean, like, usually they laugh. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. like funny. I mean, I like say right. it in a way that's funny, so like right. people laugh. Um, but I think, I mean, I think it, I'm just that's just like happened before. Right. So it's just like right. these are things that happen here. No, I think that's great. Like um, I think that's just like a great practice to name it from the onset. Um, sorry, what's happening is like I'm thinking of. I'm facilitating a newer group that isn't like young people, but I'm like, how do I take, how do I translate this <laughs> to those spaces, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think that's that's awesome that it's just like written in and part of onboarding like that. Uh, but to go back to the the relationship at question how was and since it did break up like what did that look like in group space then after the fact I mean I think it was harder which like this has happened not just with them but I think has happened in other spaces too like actually it's not usually the breakup itself that is so hard it's usually when the person somebody starts dating somebody else Mm -hmm. like that that's actually where things become more difficult Mm -hmm. um because I find that, like, most Ugh. people... Right. It's so, so real. Right. I think it's hard to, like, watch somebody that you were dating, like, date somebody else. Yeah. And, like, that's happened in lots of different... Lots of different programs that I've been a part of. And I think, you know, helping... There's sort of, like, the both and. Like, there's sort of, like, the two sides of it, right? So one is, like, the the sort of rejected party. Mm-hmm. um, You know, who's dancing on their own. Um, that, that, that person you're sort of like supporting them and developing their like self-care right like what boundaries do you need to feel successful how are you going to take care of yourself like that kind of conversation but then on the flip side there is sort of a space to have a conversation about like can we not flaunt this in front of the other person and it's okay to like have your new relationship but there's also like a piece of like empathy for the other person Mm -hmm. which i think can be how would this feel if the situation Which were reversed, reversed right? right? And I think right. that can feel hard again when you're like the person in the middle, right? Like the mm. third person who's like the new, like the new party. Right. Um, who kind of doesn't really or can sometimes be like, well, I don't owe them anything. Right. Whereas I think sometimes. What's that got to do with me? Right, right. <laughs> right which is right. like real. And like also though, like, and I think sometimes that's like a real point of maturity. Like when mm-hmm. you can get there with a young person to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But it's interesting. Like I know there's definitely a gender dynamic to that too. Like I noticed that sometimes, not always, but I have had experiences where girls, like if it's like a hetero relationship situation where girls are sometimes more willing to be thoughtful about other girls' experiences mm. than, like, if it's a boy. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he's just, like, trying to do his thing and be right. like, this is my girl, whatever. Right. And the girl right. being like, yeah, but I don't, like, it. I think being more, sometimes more able to access empathy of, like, yeah, but everyone's now talking about her. Mm-hmm. And that feels really shitty. So, like, that can be, like, a helpful mm-hmm. space. But then I think... I don't know, as a youth worker, sometimes I feel complicated about that because I'm also like, but also like, you know, 
boy, you don't have to be like a player, right? Like there's more right. like, right, because he gets something out of that. Of right. Like I'm a player, right? right? Like she's pining after me. This girl wants to be with right. me. Like look at how cool I am. Right, right. Right. which really sucks right yeah. so like also being like you so, need to take some accountability for that and so yeah. like but that's sometimes a harder conversation especially I think for me as a woman to have mm-hmm. with a male young person like a male mm-hmm. participant so all of that yeah. I don't have an answer I right. just like right. those are all things that right. I think I think about yeah Well, and I'm just thinking about how, again, just like how cool of an opportunity to, it's like allow the space for all of that to to play out. And even, I mean, to your point, when we say it, I feel like we must say it like five times every episode and we'll keep saying it forever that like part of the the joy and challenge of youth work is that like oftentimes the work we're doing is planting seeds and so even just like bringing an awareness to that kind of like behavior or the assumptions mm-hmm. inherent in it um might might be a helpful seed planted mm-hmm. for for some peacocking young men <laughs> totally yeah I'm trying to think if there's anything else related to love stories. To peacocking young men. No, um, no, not to peacocking <laughs> young men. No, too. I think, well. I feel like there are entire um, volumes there written, are, <laughs> written about that. Um, well, it's interesting because I think sometimes the concern, it's right, like I said, I think sometimes sort of the immediate place that people go to when you think about romantic relationships with young people is about policing young people's sexual behavior, right? Mm. Like there's a tremendous, I think, amount of, focus put on like how do we prevent young people from like if we have young people in a space how do we prevent them from like having sex with each other Mm -hmm. um like especially um if you haven't looked up give me that christian side hug this is do it um but i think right like especially thinking about christian youth group spaces and like make room Mm. for jesus right like this sort of like we want to get groups together. We want to do overnight retreats, but like we need to make sure that they're not having sex, right? Which is like super heteronormative, a and mm-hmm. often pretty like often the way that it's talked about is often very shaming. Like that's I'm not advocating for that, but I I think even in secular spaces, right? Like when we have youth programs, there's a lot of con- sometimes a lot of concern from adults about how are we managing how are we managing young people's sexual behavior. Right, especially in, like, gender-inclusive spaces, which, I mean, yeah, and I, and I, and, and not just secular, also, like, in school spaces, like, I can't tell you how many conversations I've sat in with folks around, like, overnight trips, and right. how, like, I don't know, what does that look like for trans and non-binary yeah. young people, and how to, whereas, again, like, the concern is, like, well, what parts do they have? And I'm like, why, why are we spending so much time thinking about young people's having sex right well and right right, and obviously like and i think it's interesting right because it also makes this assumption that young people all young people want to have sex which is also Mm. like or want to be in a sexual situation and certainly there are young people that do right but that doesn't mean that all young people want that or that like 
when young people are wanting to go on a school trip that that's what they're wanting to happen or that they're prioritizing that over Over say like hanging out with their friends their safety right right like when i'm yeah what i mean i just think that's like a thing and so it's interesting right like even when we have like not overnights like so i also run youth events on weekend nights which is like Mm -hmm. You know, people come to our events, like, as dates. That's, like, right. a thing people do, right? right so, right. or, like, this is a place where they, like, get to see their mm-hmm. significant other. And so they are coming, like, wanting, with, a, like, a romantic connection with somebody, like, want having sexual feelings for other people in the space and, like, wanting to engage in some kind of, like, sexual or romantic interaction with other people. And so mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to think about, like, how do we make space for that and normalize that while also... You know, I also don't want my youth programs to be like, well, that's the space where you can, right. like, <laughs> go have sex. Go to and the up. adults are like, yay. Right. Like, I don't want to, you know, right. I don't want to be like, right. Um, you know, like the, the line mean girl's between mom. like monitoring, like monitoring versus policing versus right, right like you know, and I think we're not here to say you can't do it. You just can't do it here. It's not appropriate for this space and right. setting, right? And I think, you know, we do say, right, but if I'm running, like, a Friday night event, like, and you're here with your boo, like, I don't want to, like, it's totally appropriate for you to be, like, holding hands, right? If I'm, like, going to run a dance, I'm not going to be, like, don't dance with your boo. Like, that's stupid. Um, So, you know, we do have, like, those are rules that we have, like, Mm -hmm. you know, hand-holding and hugging is okay. Like, anything past that, we ask that you save it for outside of program space. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, not because it's bad. It's, like, because we want to make sure that when we're here, we're focusing on, like, everyone being here together is usually how I frame that. Is it, like, shifts the focus from the group to, like, your specific couple or, like, relationship rather than building, like, it's exclusive, right? Yes. Um. Well, and I'm also, as you're talking, I'm also thinking about dance spaces that we've heard, like, when, like, the role of consent in, like, perhaps, like, hypersexualized dancing, mm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, again, like, which I think can, I, I think also can be, like, a slippery, like, to me, it feels like a, slippery slope but also like a greasy restless mess of like um like oftentimes i feel like certain like behavior like how race plays into that also gender and things like that of like certain people's actions getting coded as more like sexualized than others um i'm thinking of one particular young former camper who loved to who really loved to dance um and in a way that kind of like magic mike-esque dancing (laughs) um and loved an audience certainly inspired by exotic dance yes yes and if and i believe that the compromise we reached there was just like hey boo you do you but can you like do it in a corner versus like in the middle and like making everyone like watch you because there may be especially depending on like the age range of people who might be there like 
you know, people need to like opt in to like cheer on or hype that kind of behavior versus like not being able to escape it, right? right? Being like center stage, right in the middle of everything. Um, and I just think that that's, like I said, I think there are a lot of like layers and complexity there. Um, and I always like really appreciated that compromise that we were able to get to because I think it accounted all the various like aspects of identity and was like, you know, we're not here to yuck anyone's yum, but we also want to think about the whole Mm -hmm. and like that behavior might make some people uncomfortable, which also in a way becomes then like exclusive, Mm -hmm. right? Because then that person, then there might be some people who don't feel comfortable in that space. And so how do we ensure that this is a space for for everyone? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, right, because I think also thinking about, you know, right, like weekend night events Mm. um, where we've had like a movie playing, for example, in a room that is dark. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, usually it is my requirement that at least one set of lights be on, which Mm. young people feel really salty about. But I also am just like, yeah, because like the reality is like, A, I need to be able, like I need to be able to see everybody in the space. And like, that's not because like, I mean, I guess if you like, well, not really because I tell them that they can't make out, but I'm just like, it also just like makes it less appealing, I think. Right, right. Um, you don't have the cover of darkness. Right. I mean, like, you know, like, it's just, like, less, like, appealing to engage in that. But that doesn't mean I don't have young people, like, cuddling or, like, you know, like, spending time together. Or, like, obviously being. Yeah, they love a cuddle puddle. Yeah. Um, like, obviously being, like, connected to one another. But I think just being, like, thoughtful about, like, what kinds of connections happen where. Mm-hmm. Um and it is interesting, like, I think I have interrupted before young people, like, engaging in some touching that I don't think was appropriate for our space. Mm. And it's interesting, I think that's something that I've talked with newer interns about, you know, or newer people to the field about, like, how to interrupt that when you are observing mm. young people engaging in sexual behavior that's not appropriate for the space and just being, like, you know, that's our, like, our group agreements in our spaces. We say keep it cute mm. when that's happening, and that's what we mean by that. I think other youth programs use that expression to mean other things, too, but that's how we use it. Right, um, right, right. And that's, like, what I say to people when it's, like, too, like, when it is too much. Like, that's just, like, keep it cute, and we all know what that is, and we talk about it on the first day. Um, because it is a way to, like, just be, like, I see you. Like, you are in public. Because mm-hmm. I think it's often not that young people are, like, for the most part, I think most young people are not engaging in that behavior because they're trying to like, from like an exhibitionism right, place. Right. I yes. think it's often like just a lack of awareness, right. right, around like other people, like how visible they are, right. right, right. And I think there is some value in like helping young people remember that like this is a public place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think especially, like I don't know, I think sometimes too, like especially now, like in the world of like phones and cameras and social media and like I also wouldn't want that to happen for like a young person to have someone take a photo of them and like post it everywhere right and then Um, it just opens up a whole other right I mean like that's just like not something I would want for a young person so I think about that too um and like helping them think think through those pieces yeah but yeah I mean I did run which I'm just gonna talk about because I 
I think it it was one one of the coolest groups I ever ran was I ran a queer specific healthy relationships group and I had several couples participate mm, in the group. That's awesome. Which was very cool. Um and of high school students and it was like this really awesome place where we talked about like personal boundaries and like we talked about all kinds of stuff like personal boundaries and relationships and um you know like what's a compromise versus like what's a deal breaker and like how do we communicate with people and like all of you know managing and it was queer specific space so like also managing like family dynamics related Mm. to queer relationships and like all of that um and it was a really like cool and interesting space to like have a chance to talk with young people like about what I think is like the right like the more meaningful part of talking about healthy relationships which is like yes about sex but like not really like right and I say that as like a sex educator that like nine times out of ten people will say I want you to come do like a sexual health Q&A and then I get there and literally all of the questions are about communication like they're almost all about like how do we like, how do I talk to my partner about blah, blah, blah? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I manage breakups? How do I, mm-hmm. like, how do I tell someone that I don't want to be with them anymore? What do I say if someone asks me out? Like, yeah. it, like that's actually what young people are worried about. Yeah. Um, or, like, which I think is true for adults, too. Like, that's usually right. actually what we're far more concerned about. Anyway. And, well, and where we get tripped up the most often because we don't get opportunities to practice that. Totally. Right? Like, because... Everything always just gets focused on, like, I'm not going to, like, the sex or consent or whatever, but mm-hmm. because commu- con- communication is part of consent, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's often, uh, like, presented in very clear-cut kind of. Yeah, well, right, and I think, like, I think about, so I teach, so two of the sex ed workshops that I teach. One, in middle school in particular. So in seventh grade, we teach sexual harassment versus flirting, Mm. which is one of my favorite workshops to teach. It's juicy. Um, (laughs) Young people get really heated. Um, Like in a good way, like Uh in a good Like in a way that they're like really really engaging in the conversation, yeah. Um, And then in eighth grade, we teach like a consent workshop that's focused more on like actual like sexual or romantic interactions between two people um and and in the eighth grade workshop we play um the game yes which is like a consent Mm -hmm. game that I learned somewhere I don't even remember anymore um probably from Ica that's where I learned it um but the basically the idea is that you play it in three rounds and it's talking about like it's a way to talk about verbal and nonverbal consent and the the first round you everyone's in a circle and you say someone's name and then that person says yes and when they say yes you can move to take their spot in the circle but then they have to find somewhere else to go and then the second round you say someone's name and instead of saying yes they nod and then the third round you have to make eye contact and then they nod so it's like to talk about verbal versus Mm. nonverbal. and what I really love about the debrief of that game is that in the third after it's over we always ask you know like which round was the easiest which Mm -hmm. round was the hardest and I think one of the things I love about that debrief is obviously some people will say, oh, well, round one was easier because you were, like, talking. But then some people actually think that round three was easier because you'd done it twice before and you already knew what you were doing. Mm. And I think mm. that sh- that to me is, like, a really intuitive yeah. 
real response, right? And like to think about that, like actually like the more we communicate with people, the better we get at communicating with people. Right. And I think that, which certainly like translates into like consent in like a sexuality way, but also I think it's just true for like relationships, right? Like the more relationships we have, the better we get at relationships. The more we communicate with people, the better we get at communicating. And so I think everything is a muscle. The right. The more you practice it, the stronger it gets, right? And so I think there's like real, like when I talk with people like new to youth work or, or even like people who've been in the field for a long time, like about relationships, I think that's like a lesson or like a thing that I sort of come back to is that like learning how to be in relationship with other people is like really important mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a really important life skill mm-hmm. and so what we're doing as like adults who are like accompanying young people on their like youth development journey is like we're trying to help them develop those skills and so if we're not focused on if like we just ignore this it's like oh like that's not a part of my work or oh no like we can't talk about that here right we're like really it's a disservice that's really a disservice yeah. to young people yeah and not only is it like dismissive of a part of their experience, but I'm just like you're also like missing like a really rich opportunity to like engage in a conversation about like what are your values, how are you showing up, how do you communicate, like what are you feeling, how mm-hmm. do you communicate that, what, how do you listen to what someone else is saying. Like there's just like so much mm-hmm. that's like so transferable to mm-hmm. so many different parts, other areas of, of life. life. Right. And I think right. the right, and I think with most of us, right, like the motivation to get better at it is really high when we're talking about like a romantic relationship. Right. Right. Like the motivation to change behavior. Right. Can't, like that, like, you know, people do all kinds of things to like save romantic relationships. That's true. People move across the country. People quit their jobs. People like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. So. Sorry, I got lost in thinking I'm like, would I do those things? Oh my God. Like, <laughs> What would you do for love? Right, right. What would you do for love? Oh, man. And on that note. Um, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Sorry. Didn't um, didn't mean to just check out there. Um, speaking of checkouts, though, um, so let's go ahead and name our takeaway from this fruitful conversation um do you have one or would you like me to are you ready you looked ready i i think i'm i am um because i i think i've got a couple of takeaways actually and as always these days i just my my middle schoolers are always like really present in my mind um but i'm thinking both about like what you shared about the very like explicit conversation around um, like as part of joining a group or acknowledging that, you know, some people that this is a place where like further like relationships are hoping to happen. And sometimes those relationships might look like different ways, including like romantic and conflict happens resources are available like that line like how do I weave that practice into 
the various spaces that I co-create with other people, um, whether grown or young or, or, or youth. Um, I Dang, there was a second one and now it's gone. Okay. But I feel solid about that. Even if that is the only <laughs> takeaway I have, I feel really good about it, so. Yeah, I think something that I'm thinking about actually is from your story is the idea of like the wing person. Like, because mm. um, I think I've spent a lot of time thinking about like supporting the people in relationship, but I think something that has been kind of an ongoing struggle, but I don't know that I've like totally conceptualized it until this moment um, is like, what does it mean to help young people learn how to be supportive? wing people mm. um, because often when mm. young people are trying to be supportive wing people it's not so, very effective yeah. um, or, or sometimes like harmful right like sometimes I think like I'm thinking mm-hmm. about our sexual harassment workshop and one of the scenarios that we use is actually a person I think trying to be helpful in that way but it actually feeling like harassment to the person mm. who's like receiving it. And I think mm-hmm. that scenario was based on real life. And I'm like, right. Like, and so what is the mm-hmm. like positive intent there? And like, how can we transform that? Or like, how can we help people like learn how to show up differently for their friends? Yeah. Um, because I think that can be really powerful. Like that's a really powerful motivator to show up for your friends in the best possible way. And so anyway, I'm just thinking about that as a question. Yeah. Circling around my head. What I'm thinking about. Well, thank you for your story, for your thoughts. Um, And thank you, gentle listeners, for joining us on this episode of Third Space. We will be back next time with special guest William Collier to talk about setting boundaries with young folks. Um, If you have thoughts, questions, or stories to share about this episode, Please feel free to drop that on whatever podcast platform you're listening, I think, maybe. Um, Or you can also always email us at, you can email me at nat at constellationcollectivechicago.com. Again, so sorry. It is so long. Uh, You can also find it on our website if it's too long to piece together from that um all right until next time carry on youth worker (laughs) bye